Superstar free agent wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins said that he would love to play with Justin Herbert, but does it actually make sense for the Chargers? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for seven seasons now, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today, and to make sure you never miss the show, go follow or subscribe for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Well, whenever a superstar mentions the quarterback of your favorite team, that is always going to have your ears perk up a little bit. So we talk about the prospects of DeAndre Hopkins potentially joining the Chargers. And then another question from our mailbag, which was very interesting, is from Alvin saying, has Tom Telesco brought enough weapons for Justin Herbert? And then we give you our very first bold predictions of the season. Excited for the first bowl predictions of the season, and I think it's a fair question. We will be getting into some Chargers mailbag questions today because we're probably getting into more OTA stuff on Friday. But today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockdownNFL, and when you enter the promo code LockdownNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. I can't wait for mine to get in. But I also... David, I mean, I think when you look at someone like DeAndre Hopkins, I think when you know the Chargers cap situation... You automatically think, okay, it's probably not possible, right? Because the Chargers yeah. are paying twenty plus million dollars to two wide receivers already this season. How much money can you invest in that? Cap space wise, they're sitting at about twelve and a half million. They can't really spend all of that, but how much of that could you give away to someone like DeAndre Hopkins? How much is he going to be commanding? Because I think the other thing in this here is most of the time, ninety percent of the time, the players are going to follow the money, right? As much as you want to say, hey, of we'll course. go get you know the closest shot at a ring or whatever it is most of the time money talks and that's probably what's going to end up winning out if it's a bidding war they're probably out of the game right there right this is why i mean we're talking about this he went on the i am athlete pod and he was asked who would you want to play with the number five quarterback he mentioned was justin herbert which is great to know the superstar players want to come play with justin herbert but in the chargers roster specifically right and with their wide receiving core i just i don't see how it would make any sense yeah, I mean, it's it's really fun to, to, to kind of visualize it or kind of dream about what DeAndre Hopkins would look like with the rest of the Chargers offense. But unfortunately, that that's where it has to stay. It has to stay in that dream state, uh, unfortunately, considering the contracts that the Chargers have in that, in that position group specifically. And, of course, the Chargers drafting not one but two wide receivers. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for somebody. And, hey superstars obviously you're going to try to make room for those type of players because they are game changers and deandre hopkins looking at the stats over the longevity of his career he is without a doubt a superstar wide receiver i mean a guy who has done it for a long time this has been highly highly productive but the chargers just don't have the money to make this work it just makes it very hard to believe that they would cut into a large portion of the remaining cap space to bring in someone who kind of feels like you have some of those similar skill sets already on the team. I mean, it, depending on what version of DeAndre Hopkins you got, like he would be yeah. the best 
wide receiver that Justin Herbert's ever played with, and he plays with Keenan Allen, right? But you don't yeah. know if you're going to get that version. If you knew That's you true. could get that version, maybe this is something you go do, right? I mean, I don't think that it's just you know drafting Quentin Johnson that prohibits this from happening, right? right? Or you know, I, I think it's that plus you have two guys in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams that are going to get theirs, right? There's only yeah. so many snaps. I don't know. I mean, like we've talked before, you know, adding strength to strength is not a bad thing to do. The Buccaneers going adding, you know, Antonio Brown when they already had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, right? We've seen stuff yeah. like that happen. The Bengals the having, Eagles you know, continuously loading up on defensive players just year after year after year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 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 not a bad idea in a vacuum. And I mean, I think if you have an opportunity to add someone like this, I think you do it. But you combine that with the fact that the dude's only played 19 games the last couple of seasons. Yeah. It's hard because that's because of injury, because of suspensions. Like, he's a great player if he's right. You don't know what version you're going to get for him. But I don't even think they would have enough money even if they wanted to do it. And I think yeah. the other biggest thing is, David, is there's a lot of other positional needs. Like, the wide receiver is probably the Chargers' deepest position. We haven't done yeah. that show yet, but when we do, I think that's going to be the group. There's obviously bigger needs elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't I don't know how you can come to the table and justify bringing in another wide receiver, especially when you look at your edge group and you say we could probably add some veteran talent there. You look at your tight end room and you can definitely see that you can add some potential there. Your safety room is obviously something that we've talked about all offseason where you feel like adding a veteran to that group would probably be a smarter, more sound business decision. So, yeah, there are definitely other more uh, impactful higher priority positions that you would be looking to fill with, you know, one of the two open roster spots that you currently have right now. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, if you're looking at it, you'd say, okay, well, John Johnson's available, right. And you have a much bigger need at safety than you do a wide receiver. Yeah. And that's true. Right. I mean, if you're looking at it, you have bigger needs at safety, tight end, edge rusher, yeah. corner, like there's a lot of other positions. The problem is, those other positions don't have a superstar available at them, right? right? Just because like you have a bigger need at safety doesn't mean you can just go sign a star safety off the street. Right. Like, of course. You're talking about a, you know, the only real superstar that's available on the market right now in this, you know, in DeAndre Hopkins. So DeAndre Hopkins, like I, I think if you, you know, have a trio of him, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen, obviously that maybe stunts the growth of Quentin Johnston some. Yeah. You don't you're not getting a big impact out of, you know, the guy you used your first round pick on, which is a little problematic in that sense. But like, no, none of those guys should stop you from trying to get as much talent as possible. This just seems like too loaded of a wide receiving room. And I think if DeAndre Hopkins actually sat down and thought about it, like he probably doesn't want to share targets with all the dudes they have in that room. So I think, yes, of course you'd love One to have football somebody. to go around. Just of course. Right. And I mean, the chargers just not even at that position have other guys, but yeah. he's a great player. If he's right, yeah, yeah. if you knew you were getting that, I mean, you might just have to sign him anyway. There's just no, you know, guarantees that you're going to get that player. I yeah. think the other thing is, David, here is just it's nice to see star players wanting to come and play with Justin Herbert, right? We yes. did see Justin Herbert. He was out at the Chargers annual charity golf tournament, right? And he was talking about DeAndre Hopkins and said all the right things. You know, he said he was a great player and, you know, said all the things you expect him to say about it. Yeah. While also saying, you know, I love my guys. Brand Staley said the same thing. I love my guys. But I think it's nice to see you have a guy that is, you know, getting satellites. You know, he, he is a, a sun, right? Like, and everything yeah. is kind of orbiting around him. And other stars kind of want to come 
and play with him. And I think that is something that is noteworthy from this, even though it's not going to come to fruition. At the, bo- the, the bottom line is this. Greatness recognizes greatness. And DeAndre Hopkins, at this point in his career, he doesn't really have anything to prove other than you know wanting to go win as many football games as possible. And he even said it. He even said, he's like, hey, I'm at the point in my career where I am not going to be playing with a rookie quarterback. That's right. just not what I'm looking at, looking for, not what I'm looking at trying to do with the last few years of viability of my career. I want to go to one of the top throwing quarterbacks in the league and your quarterback Justin Herbert got mentioned with the rest of those guys and you know those guys being Josh Allen Jalen Hurts Patrick Mahomes Lamar Jackson and of course Justin Herbert so it's it's very very yeah. nice to hear him being you know you know talked about in the same light as those other players well, and I think especially because he doesn't have the most swagger, right? He doesn't have right. the Right, he's most a very drip. silent, unassuming type of guy, right? Like right, he doesn't Justin have, Herbert like, is. the bravado that you see guys like Patrick Mahomes and Joe right. Burrow having, right? And, that you yeah. know, even Lamar Jackson, even sure. Josh Allen, right? Like, all those dudes carry themselves in a certain way that you wouldn't probably put Justin Herbert in that category. But it doesn't right. matter because he plays so freaking good his, Yeah, his, his that guys want to come play. loud enough. Exactly. He, he lets his play do the talking like everyone says they'll do. Justin Herbert is like committed to that lifestyle, maybe even to a fault. Sometimes yeah. I'd rather be out here trying to go recruit these guys, get out there, you know, <laughs> tell them you're going to launch 80 yard cannons down the field. Yes. But nice just to see him throwing. He also said he's going to be throwing at, you know, in live drills, in team drills going forward, seven on sevens and things like that. So progress injury wise is where it should be at this yeah. point. Hard to say anything's going to slow that process down at this point, but we do have another segment and more fan mail questions to get into from you guys, including if Tom Telesco has done enough trying to bring in free agent receivers or offensive weapons or even trading for offensive weapons because you've seen a lot of other teams do that around the league. And we're going to get into that. But first, I need to tell you guys about my new favorite pair of pants and shorts. And of course, I'm talking about bird dogs. First of all, bird dogs make you look good. And I mean, one of the things that me and my wife always go on about is like, I want to wear shorts. I live in San Diego. I'm most times going to be trying to wear shorts, even if we're going out, not to like super fancy stuff, but just going out in general. My wife does not like it when I wear shorts. Bird dogs actually look so good that they get a pass. So like these are hugely, you know, I'm biased because they give me the pass to wear shorts and they're like just an all in one short or jogger, wherever you want from bird dogs. You're getting everything in one bird dog stretch. Khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. You'll look nice. And they do the exactly the same things as expensive brands like Lululemon, right? But they fit way better and they fit way better than those stiff cotton shorts that you usually have that are super restricting. You're not going to get any of that with bird dogs because bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabrics that look just like khakis, but stretch to get you a way slimmer look without having to sacrifice movement you need that mobility guys but you don't want to get those boxy shorts that are going to make you look like a lego person you want something that's going to make you look nice and are also super comfortable so go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl and enter the promo code locked on nfl for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nfl for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise Well, David, we wanted to get to some more fan mail stuff today because the Chargers haven't had much going on besides the golf tournament this week. So we're going to get to their OTAs that they're doing before mandatory minicamp next week. As the everydayers know, we'll be here to cover every part of the offseason for you guys. And we're going to never try to go more than one day, even during the offseason, without getting a show out to you guys. So we have great questions to get into, including a doozy from Alvin, you know, your favorite, obviously one of the everydayers for sure. 
And he asked this, why don't the Chargers ever use free agency or trade stuff to put superstar offensive weapons around Justin Herbert? David, this is an interesting question. And I had to think about it a little bit because, I mean, first of all, Tom Telesco doesn't almost ever trade for anyone. And then he traded for Quill Mack last year. So obviously yeah, he was right. down to do that. Yeah. What do you think? Like, I, I, I think of this question kind of like this, right? Have, has Tom Telesco done enough, right, to bring in enough around Justin Herbert, the offensive weapons around Justin Herbert? And let's start with the free agency and the trades first, right? Because those are two areas we haven't seen barely, you know, really addressed at all since Herbert took over. Yeah, no, since Justin Herbert was appointed the starting quarterback of the Chargers, the Chargers have not brought in any free agent wide receivers of any kind. Now, obviously, besides DeAndre Carter, yeah. right? Behind, yeah, besides DeAndre Carter, which was brought in to be more of your punt returner, kick returner, but saw a lot more snaps on offense than anybody was anticipated, and he he played ad- admirably filling that role. It's him and Andre Roberts, right? Like those are yeah. the only kind of additions. Yeah, technically wide receivers, but more special right. teams guys. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, not really, you know, any wide receivers in in that realm. Then you kind of look at, you know, other offensive weapons, and I think you shift your focus to the tight ends. They, I mean, he has brought in a couple of tight ends, but nobody that would be considered a superstar. Just, you know, probably guys that were just Band-Aid types like, you know, Jared Cook for one year, and then you bring in Gerald, uh, Gerald Everett for, on a two-year contract, and this is year two for him. So, I mean, yeah, as far as, as that's concerned, I mean, not really anybody of note. I mean, in free agency, the Chargers, since Justin Herbert has taken over, have not brought in a superstar of any nature offensively through free agency or through a trade. Yeah. That's just the fact of the matter, right? I mean, the problem is, though, is it's like those things are super volatile, right? And, like, the other part of it is, too, is, okay, well, most of the guys you're seeing get new weapons didn't come in with the weapons that Justin Herbert had. Justin Herbert was drafted and had Keenan Allen right away, had Mike Williams right away, uh, yeah, had Austin sure. Eckler right away, even had Hunter Henry as a rookie, yeah. right? So like he yeah. had weapons around him, but those weapons are all older now, and we haven't seen it addressed really since then. And I think that's where the fair part of the criticism comes in. But yeah. he was already loaded. Let's look back at what the Chargers have done as far as who they brought in in the past. I mean, the last time they traded for a wide receiver, at least substantial, was Chris Chambers. Right, Chris a second Chambers, round pick man. for Chris Chambers, which ended up being a terrible trade, honestly, for the Chargers, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. But then you look at their free agents, right? Travis Benjamin, Robert Meacham, Eddie Royal had some moments. Pretty that easy. one wasn't terrible. Yeah. yeah. Ready for this one? Griff Whalen, right? Obviously, oh, <laughs> the Everdares, you'd have to be a, a long time every day to remember the Griff Whalen <laughs> references when the Chargers were so bad, they signed Griff Whalen and got even worse. But the things they don't often, they don't, they haven't worked out for the Chargers in the past historically. Well, and uh, it's, it's probably against, it's against Tom Telesco's general philosophy too, right? His general philosophy is he wants to draft and he wants to develop and he wants to resign. Like that's, that's what he wants to do. Like that is what he is aiming to try to do. And so, and that's what I think brings you to the draft. I mean, I think that's the only thing that, you know, the jury's probably still out on some of the picks, but right. you know, lately, at least the last few years, he has made a couple of attempts to try to bring some weapons in. So if you're looking at the draft, he's drafted five receivers, but two of them came this year. So it's hard to say, you know, obviously right. spending a first round pick, on a wide receiver shows a commitment for weapons, but like it's year four, 
And the right. three other receivers that you drafted up until this point were Josh Palmer in the third round. And then when Justin Herbert was drafted, you took Joe Reed, more of a special teams guy in the fifth. Yeah. And you took a flyer on KJ Hill in the seventh round. Those aren't, you yeah. know, premium picks. Those aren't. Yeah. Not showstoppers, right? Yeah. Not at all. I mean, they're guys that, you know, you can't really expect much on. Like, yeah, if you right. hit on one of those guys, it's cool. But, like, you can't rely on one of those players going off. If you're looking at tight ends, they've only drafted Trey McKitty. That's it, right? And we know it. what that's turned into so far. Running backs, again, they've drafted three running backs since Justin Herbert taken over, has taken over. But yeah. they're Josh Kelly, Larry Roundtree, and Isaiah Spiller. And you really don't know with any of those guys, right? None of them would be ever considered elite offensive weapons right at this point so not at this point no no and so I, I i think it's kind of a somewhat fair criticism at least when you're seeing you know the eagles traded for aj brown but really all they had before that was devonta smith and dallas right. goddard probably right yeah. dolphins yeah. trade for tyree kill really all they had at that point was jalen waddle maybe you know you throw a tight end in there that they didn't even really use it all last year but Either way, I think then you look at the Bills trading for Stephon Diggs, the Raiders trading for Devontae Adams, and they already had Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and yeah. Josh Jacobs. Teams are trading for it. I think the Chargers just kind of were too content because one of the things that stopped them from going and making these big trades, David, is because you have you decided to pay Mike Williams 20-plus million a season, right? You already yeah. have Keenan Allen on his third contract with the Chargers. Right. And so yeah. I think being content and betting on those guys in their older years is what really prohibited them from making any of these other big time moves for sure i mean yeah those contracts they take up a large portion of your cap space i mean yeah. so when they are given those contracts out and they're giving that type of money i mean they're showing that hey you guys are our stars i mean we're paying you to go out there and, and perform yeah. so i mean i mean that's just what the expectation is but also they didn't even take any flyer chances on some other guys like a Kadarius tony like the chiefs traded for or you know the the jets trading away elijah moore i mean just some of the even lower end names that you don't know that could turn into something more of a, a lottery ticket he hasn't even really taken those chances so yeah i think you know considering all of those factors i mean it is it is a fair criticism to to try to ponder here yeah it's hard because it's like yes he hasn't added enough maybe yeah. right and like i think he took too long like I, I feel like they were too content and just said hey we have two superstar wide receivers and they went and got josh palmer right in the third yeah. round whatever i mean maybe they were expecting more from him at this point i think he's been fine for where you drafted him but like you didn't really plan the next step like you didn't plan what was going to happen because the thing is is keenan allen's you know three plus years older than he was when justin herbert first took over right That's true Mike Williams body has three more years of kind of wear and tear on it than when Justin Herbert first took over. So like, yep. yes, they're addressing it now and we'll see what happens with Quentin Johnson. And you do have teams like the Bengals where they have Tyler Boyd and T Higgins and Jamar Chase and they drafted all those guys. Right. Yep. But they spent a first and a second round pick on Jamar Chase and T Higgins. Right. So they used premium draft picks to go get that and had Joe Burrow tear his ACL. So they got another really, really good pick of the year after he yeah. was drafted. So that obviously helped out a lot too. There's different ways to do it. But it just feels like Justin Herbert's weapons, even though they're big names, are getting a little older. They're not as explosive, which is like the thing with DeAndre Hopkins is like he doesn't make you more explosive. Him, jo you know, Josh, not Josh Palmer, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. That's not a super explosive group. Josh right. Palmer doesn't bring a lot of explosiveness. Quentin Johnson does. Maybe yeah. Darius Davis does. But I don't know. I, I think it's fair. But I think the other thing is, is Justin Herbert. It's not like he's. The lack of weapons isn't been what's slowing him down. I think they should have paid more attention to tight end, right, and maybe found yeah. a way 
to not just bring in band-aids like Gerald Cook, Jared Cook and Gerald Everett, right? Yeah. Didn't bring back Hunter Henry. I don't know. But, like, they, they don't have many superstar offensive weapons right now, and it feels like all of the big quarterbacks have a superstar player, potentially, right? Like, yeah. they have a Jamar Chase or Stephon Diggs. Tyreek sure Hill, the list goes on. Yeah, yep. I mean, they do. And A.J. Brown, all those guys. The standard now is as high as it's ever been, but we'll see because Quentin Johnson could definitely change the way we feel about that. But we do have more questions to get into, including making our first bold predictions of the season or season-long bold predictions. And we're going to get to that coming up right after this. Let's get back to our Chargers mailbag here and get into a question from Superfan Zach, who writes in today, what is one bolt prediction you have for the team this season? Recently, Sports Illustrated predicted that neither Keen nor Mike will lead the team in receiving, that is bold, and that Herbert will set a new career record in terms of fewest interceptions. I could definitely see that one, too. I don't even know if that one's that big of a, you know, bold prediction. Sports Illustrated, get on it, you know, whatever. But, <laughs> David, we will have a bold prediction show I went kind of a different way with mine because I think I'll be using, you know, different players and things like that when we rehash this right before the season, right when we have a better idea of everything. Yeah. Where did you end up going with this one? Yeah, I mean, I did go for an, an, an individual player, like a specific player, but I, I think the reason why I did that is because the impact of this performance is going to reverberate throughout the entire, you know, the, honestly, throughout the entire team. And and that is Joey Bosa. And I think you're going to see Joey Bosa put together the best year of, of his career. I think, mm -hmm. you know, he's talked about the health being you know up and down. And I understand there's a lot of people out there that say, hey, you got to show it to me. And, and I get that. I, I trust me. I understand, especially with the contract that the Chargers have given him, the amount of money that he is making. But I feel like this is the offseason where he's really been able to take care of that chronic pain that he said that he has really kind of just existed with. And he's able to get that corrected. He's been able to train the way he's needed to train. And he's going to come back with Khalil Mack on the other side. I think this is going to be the healthiest Joey Bosa that we've seen in three to four years. And that is going to manifest itself in, in an all-time season. I'm talking 15 sacks, eight forced fumbles, and 23 tackles for loss. I think Joey Bosa completely goes off this season. Yeah, man, and the Chargers would be so much better for it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you probably had that exact same bull prediction in other seasons for sure. Something along those lines. I mean, Joey Bosa is always the, you know, hey, this is the year he comes back. This is the year he finally puts up the big sack number. Like, we've definitely done that before. If this is it, I mean, it would be, you know, monumental, right? And yes. maybe gets the Chargers towards a competent defense, right? A, a competitive oh, defense sure. that can win you games, but... That's a big ask coming from where they started at or I guess where they ended things last season. So oh, yeah. I ended up going with something a little bit different since I'd probably go players later on. My bold prediction is this. The Chargers will be a borderline top 10 rushing unit in 2023. Ooh. This is the reason I went this way. Right. I believe in Kellen Moore. I think that the new scheme fits the Chargers better, but I also think it fits Austin Eckler better, and I do think he's an underrated runner that has really been hampered by some not great run blocking in front of him. I think I you even saw that in 2021 when this offensive line was mostly whole. They were an effective rushing unit. I don't think they're very far away from it. I also think that this is the best Chargers offensive line that they've had potentially here, in here. a long time, and I think having all those guys 
hopefully together, right, and healthy. If that that'll be a big part of this, is those guys keep gaining that chemistry and staying healthy throughout an offseason with a new offensive coordinator, right? I think that's part of it. And I also don't know if Isaiah Spiller will be, you know, RB1 in 2024. And I don't know who's going to win RB2 in 2023. But I, what I do think is that both Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller are both more than capable enough of being a legitimate complimentary option to Austin Eckler. And I think that whoever that guy is is going to get a legitimate opportunity this year. I think he's going to do well with it. So wouldn't surprise me at all if the Chargers can be a much better rushing team in 2023, get some more light boxes because of Kellen Moore's more vertically inclined offense, and hopefully get some better run blocking and a better run schematic in front of these running backs because it's been pretty stale in the past. So let's get to Santa Zap, Santy Zap, however Mm -hmm. you want to say it. He was asking this. I'll let David uh, translate it after. Simple but not or simple but complicated question. JC Jackson, what are the non-negotiable deliverables that the Chargers need from him this hopefully bounce back season? David. Yeah. So the translation here, you know, Santi Zap, you know, huge Charger fan, you know, awesome wrestling content creator. He's basically asking, what kind of season does JC Jackson have to come back and deliver? for the Chargers to want to keep him for another season on this contract. So be my, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, with that being said, I, I think there's definitely a couple of parameters that, you know, JC Jackson has to meet. And I think the first one is games played. I mean, you, you got to be available. So I think it's got to be anywhere from 13 to obviously 17 games would, would be ideal for that. I think the reception allowed, like the reception percentage allowed has to be closer to his career norm, which is around 53%. Like JC Jackson was very, very, very dominant for a long period of time. Like that's the expectation. And then I think, you know, you look at tackles, his career averages around 50. So I think that's what I'm expecting, but it's all about the interception numbers when we're talking about JC Jackson. So I'm looking for six to nine interceptions. I mean, he's going to have to return to that, you know, dominant force that so you he think was, he has to have six him. interceptions this yeah. year to, to be brought back in 2025. I mean, the chargers brought him in for one specific reason, and that was because they were not good enough at turning the football over. That is what he did in spades. That is why he got this big contract. If he does not deliver on that number, then yeah, he's going to be one of those guys that are going to be looked at as a potential cap casualty. David, you can't say non-negotiable numbers and then go six to nine, 13 to 17. So you think he has to play at least 13 games. Yes. At least 13 games. Have at least six interceptions. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, we're close. Uh, I had him, you know, 14 plus games is what I would want to see. I think, you know, and I think some of the things are are less quantifiable than others. Right. I mean, I think six interceptions, interceptions are so fluky for most people not named JC Jackson, who I like, I mean, Casey Hayward led the league, right. In one year at seven, never sniffed seven another season. Didn't mean he wasn't great. Right. Right. But this is the calling card of this player literally named Mr. INT. So it's a little bit yeah. different when you're talking yeah. about this guy specifically. Yeah. I have four plus interceptions, double digit pass breakups, and most importantly, just has to show the ability to fit and play well and excel in this scheme. Because he has a giant cap hit. The Chargers can somewhat get out of it after next year with the post-June first cut. So yes, he does have to put up a good season to in a year where they're trying to get down from $60 million projected over the cap to where they need to get to, 
his yeah. his is going to be one of those contracts that has to be discussed at the top of that list. So let's go to Bolt Up Andrew real quick, who asked one more real quick question. Would you rather the Chargers keep six wide receivers or six defensive tackles if you could only choose one? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, last year they, they the Chargers carried five uh, wide receivers and they carried six defensive linemen. Um, for me, I, I think we saw how disastrous that ended up being for the Chargers uh, in accordance to the wide receiver room. Yeah. I would much rather see them carry six wide receivers. I think there's almost no other scenario outside of an injury that they do not carry six wide receivers considering the players that they have at that position on the roster. Right. So for me, it's pretty simple. It, it's six wide receivers. Well, so the funny thing is, is like both of the rooms that you're talking about here were similarly decimated, right? Like oh, yeah. The defensive line lost Austin Johnson, their starter for the season, lost Christian yep. Covington for the season, lost Tito Abonia for the season, right? Yep. Like Jerry Tillery's cut midseason. Like that was a room that needed some depth as well. I think when you look at the players, right, if you just play it out, I think it kind of answers it for you. If you go defensive tackles and you want to go five there, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, Scott Matlock, and Tito Abonia. Yep. Those are the guys that we feel like are hard to cut anyways. Tito Abonia is not ready to go, then it's probably Nick Williams or Jared Clark or Gerard Clark that yeah. takes that spot. And maybe those guys are a little easier to hide on the practice squad, potentially. You know, that's another thing. If you're going six receivers, it's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, Josh Palmer, Darius Davis, Jalen Guyton. Yep. Hard to imagine any of those guys getting cut. Jalen Guyton is the surprise cut we brought up a couple weeks ago. Every day is already know. But still, we both said it would be hard to do it, and we wouldn't do it, right, if it was our decision. So I think in this scenario, it is six, even though the bottom of that defensive line group is going to be a heck of a competition. But that is going to do it on today's show. The good news is we have OTAs that are happening the next couple days, so we'll be back on Friday to recap that before the Chargers. Next week, when we'll be here with you as well, everydayers, getting into the Chargers' mandatory camp. We'll see who shows up. Any holdouts? Will Justin Herbert hold out because he hasn't gotten his contract? I really doubt it. But we'll be back with you guys on Friday. Until then, to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. And hit us up or make sure you follow us on all of our social medias because that is a place where we also post the show every single day. So you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC. Follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open at DrotalkSD. You can also find us on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and at Lockdown Chargers on instagram we're excited for the rest of this off-season content and remember we will be back with you guys on friday this week getting into everything going on with the chargers otas but we will talk to you guys then until then take it easy and go bolts